Ah, oh, Jamie. Jamie, the news piles are, are low. The the interns are not running around as much. I think it's it's time for a nice relaxing brainwaves. Let's go to the nice warm RPG corner. Ian, no, no. Listen, I'm I'm so glad. Ian, can I say thank you for just dealing with that massive pile of of news. I know you've been living under it for a while. I know it's sad to see that cabin go, but it needs to be cleared. Um, we've got some. We've done some really nice work, and I think I, it, it was structurally unsound. It was made up of paper clips and tape. Yeah, do you know what? You can't live in a cabin made up of paper clips and tape and paper. Jamie and Ian, did you see the news pile walking off by itself as a sentient being? Is it just me? No, no. no. That's what it was. I thought it was the beer. <laughs> I, th- I think I think maybe we're all a little too warm in here. It's loose. Maybe seeing things that aren't quite there. Maybe we should go out into the garden. We haven't been out in the garden for That's a while. That's the first hey. sensible thing you've said all podcast. Agreed. Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate that. Well, let's go out into the garden. This is lovely. Yeah, it's nice out here, isn't it? Yeah. I've... Uh... Well, look, it, it's also very hard to yep. get a nice, clean record outside, but uh, I've got the interns to set us up a little gazebo, and uh, I'm sure everything will be fine. We've got our ice creams and a nice cold beer, so let's get into this. I'm Ian McAllister, and I'm joined, as always, by Jamie Adams. Hello there. And Ian Chandler. Hello. This is Brainwaves episode 55, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of 17th of August, 2020. Throw up the horns for the Ennies. Roll20 reports COVID boom in RPGs. And Wizards rolls with the punches over combat wheelchair. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. We go now over to our awards correspondent, the one, the only, Jamie Adams. Oh, I would wear my awards hat, but it's too hot today. Do you not have like an awards sombrero? No, 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 no. I'll I'll deal with my awards hat later. This is the Ennies, which we covered the nominations for and a controversy surrounding one of the nominations uh, back in episode 52. But the awards have now been announced, awarded, funnily enough. Now, the Ennies give out a gold and silver award in each category. And I guess the, the real winner of the Ennies this year was actually Freya Lagen Publishing. <laughs> who published uh, a number of award-winning games. Now, one of them was Morkborg, which was a dark RPG inspired by Swedish doom metal. Morkborg won awards in four categories. All of the ones, actually, it was nominated in. So it won gold in Product of the Year, Best Writing and Layout and Design, and it won a silver for Best Game. Now, the Best Game itself went to the Alien RPG, also by Freelagen. So, as I'm saying, Freelagen had a pretty good time. Not only that, they also won the award for Fan Favourite Publisher. Now, outside of Freelagen, we'll get away from Scandinavian publishing, which, they're great. But uh, the solo RPG, Thousand Year Old Vampire, has been getting, you know, a great buzz, a great critical reception. It picked up the gold awards for Best Rules and Best Production Values, as well as Silver in the Best Product category. Now, I know, Ian, you're a fan of Loke Battlemats, 
Uh, and they Absolutely. Pick, yep, they picked up a silver award in the best accessory, which was great to see them doing very well. So if you'd like to see the full list of awards uh, and categories and winners, we'll link them in the show notes. Well done to all the winners. Also recently, Mortborg was featured in The Guardian, a British newspaper, so it's interesting to see that game going a bit mainstream. Nice! I was sad that Icarus didn't win anything, but, you know, you can't have everything, and it's my kind of, it's it's a little thing that I enjoy. Oh yeah, I, I might be getting an Icarus-like thing for review, I'll need to talk to you about that off-cast. Dun-dun-dun-dun! <gasps> Big news Quickly, spoilers. Quickly, moving away from secrets to lots and lots of information coming out of Roll20. So Roll20 is an online role-playing platform. We've used it quite a bit. Uh, and it has recently reported some stats from quarter two of this year as to what is being played on their site in terms of systems. As you'd expect, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition is the undisputed champion, sitting atop at 53% of all games played on the platform, followed by a bunch of uncategorized games at 16.5%, presumably homebrews and that kind of thing, or people not wanting to categorize. And then Call of Cthulhu, any edition, at 8.46%. Uh, the D&D figures are actually up from some impressive quarter one figures where it hit 50% of all games on the platform. And top growing games on Roll20 included the upcoming Cyberpunk or Red, which is currently why. only av- currently only available as a quick start rule set. Don't know, Jamie. It seems quite popular. Game com- Computer game coming out this year, RPG all that jazz. Tormenta uh, and City of Mist, the superhero noir game, also ranked highly in top-growing games. Mortborg that we mentioned earlier uh, makes the list, but with only 0.01% of games using it. So I believe it should be Mortborg. Mortborg. While Jamie and Ian do their Orc slash Swedish (laughs) doom metal impressions, a statement was put out from Roll20. Roll20 said, Roll20 was truly an international home for gaming this quarter. Players from around the world showed up in a myriad of ways, playing on the site, streaming tutorials and actual plays, and bringing a greater diversity to the systems and types of games being played. We saw growth from Tormenta, the popular and acclaimed Portuguese RPG celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, Dash Schwartz Aga, The Dark Eye, a German language fantasy RPG, and Conicus Oublier, a French language fantasy RPG. Uh, my personal favourite, Blades in the Dark, was sitting just inside the top 20. Play more Blades in the Dark, play Blades in the Dark. It's really good, play Blades in the Dark. It turns out we've got quite an RPG-heavy headlines. I, sh- I told you we should go to RPG Corner, it's got a nice roaring fire. Oh no, wait a second. Yeah, I'm melting right now. Ian, I believe you have some news. More RPG news. Absolutely. So, over the weekend of the 8th of August, Sarah Thompson, a disability and gaming advocate who works for R. Talsorian Games, who you might know as makers of the Witcher RPG, Cyberpunk 2020, and the forthcoming Cyberpunk Red RPG, uh, she released a homebrewed combat wheelchair for use in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. This drew the attention of Wizards of the Coast staff and big names in the D&D world, like Matthew Mercer, who you might know as the GM of the famous Critical Role actual play series. It's a big piece of work and includes all sorts of rules for how the chair would be used in combat. Thompson has designed it by drawing inspiration from the chair in use in basketball and rugby. It's a pretty cool piece of work. It's for free. It's completely optional. So how could anyone possibly object? Tell us Ian, how could anyone object? (laughs) (laughs) This is, of course, the internet. The what? Some folk, aka angry nerds, 
have started to claim that having a fantasy wheelchair in a game known for dungeons and dragons <laughs> is somehow too unrealistic. Among the realist movement, and we use realist in the most inverted of inverted comments. Yeah, you can't see us making the, the hands gesture. Yep, but basically RPG Corner is entirely inverted commas by this point. <laughs> were among this realist movement were questions about regenerate spells, concerns it would be too overpowered and a lot of other ableist nonsense. Right, I'm going to step in here. Right, 5th edition D&D, regenerate is a 7th level spell, which needs a cleric of at least 13th level to cast. And unless you have that in your party, you can be playing for a while. That is not common to find. That's probably not going to be cheap to acquire those services. And also, if you've written into your character backstory that, for example, you have a physical disability because of, say, something that happened at birth, the spell does not take that into account. So, do you know what? It's for people who want to enjoy role-playing games and maybe, you know, play characters who have some similarities to them. And you know what? Trying to include more people in gaming. I'm fine with this. What is your... <laughs> family show jamie Completely family show sorry agreed. <laughs> sorry the, the heat the heat is the heat is bringing out the worst in me my apologies the original author of the combat wheelchair in response to these concerns said on twitter the rampant ableism in the D community is why i wish at wizards D would just hire disabled folks to write mechanics and items for the game they could put them out as unearth arcana etc but they don't it's frustrating because they as a company could sway community opinions yeah, I think that's very well said because they could they could just hire people to write this kind of thing and put it out as official product, and that would change opinions a bit because it just would it would be the official wizard stamp on this kind of this kind of content. And yeah, like Jamie says, this hurt and Ian has said as well. This hurts no one. If you don't want to use this, don't use it. But that's for all role. That's for a lot of role playing games things. You look yeah. at a lot of rules and you go. You don't have to use all this stuff. Personally, I don't like alignment in D- Dungeons and Dragons. It's an interesting yeah, kind of neither. guideline, used it. but that's it. You don't have to include it. This is a homebrewed thing. Just because somebody has decided that this is what they want to do, and you know what? I think it's a great idea, great inclusion, wonderful, and yeah. ties it thematically into the universes. But you are not being held at yeah. knife point to to use it. Okay, <laughs> yep. the heat is getting to Jamie a bit. Well, we need to get him a nice ice cream to cool him down a little bit. But he's got a point that yeah, and this this content is to just see people want to see themselves in these games. They want to see themselves represented. And if you're a disabled gamer, we talking we were talking to AJ Lee Brun recently from Able Table Gaming, who's a disabled gamer, and she was really eloquent about what she wants from conventions and to see in gaming. And she answered uh, she answered a lot of questions that I had about the about the about her disability and uh, some of the language she used that I wasn't familiar with. She was great. Fantastic interview. Uh, go and have a look at it on our site. And it's really good to get those kind of perspectives. I really enjoy talking to her because uh, it was someone with a completely different perspective on gaming than I had. And that was great. It was a really fascinating interview. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And let's get these people around our tables and, and get them rolling dice with us, because what's the harm? It, it's just a game. Don't get so hot about it. If you don't like this stuff, ignore it, move on, go and play your game. That's fine. Just don't bang the drums on the internet. Ian, let, why, why don't we get Jamie a nice gin and you can do the next intro. Very well. We go over to Ian McAllister with the news that the CEO of AEG, John Sensor, has been unwell. 
Indeed. So AEG put out a statement on the 3rd of August regarding the health of their CEO, John Zinzer. I'm now going to read from the first paragraph of that statement. Friends, partners, customers, and industry insiders, we have some difficult news to share. On Thursday, July 30th, John Zinzer, our CEO and fearless leader, was taken to the hospital and a subsequent CT scan revealed a mass in his brain which required surgery on Saturday, August the 1st. We are awaiting the result of the pathology report, but there are some encouraging signs that the mass was benign. As a result of these events, John is going to be on an injured reserve for the foreseeable future. We at Brainwaves, of course, wish John all the best for a speedy recovery and our thoughts are with his friends and family at this difficult time. Ruin Dancy will assume John's role for the time being, and alongside Nicholas Bonjou and Luke Peterschmidt will be running the company. Good luck to those folk as they take over the reins from John Zinzer. And again, yeah, hope John uh, feels better soon, and uh, our thoughts are with his friends and family at this time. Yes. Hope you speedy recovery, John. Moving on uh, from uh, that, sad, that sad little piece of news, uh, Ian Shantler has some news about Asthma Day going their own way. Indeed, from September the 2nd until the 5th, Asmo Fair will unite sister companies Asmoday and Coiled Spring Games. Virtual attendees can book a 25-minute video call to the Asmodee showroom. Anil Boudou, Asmodee's sales and marketing director, said, We have been attending trade shows for many years and are keenly aware of how valuable an opportunity they are for all parties. It's important to us to keep these open lines of communication and while it's not how any of us would have expected to be attending shows this year, we've worked hard to ensure that Asmo Fair will be the next best thing. For for stars, Asmo Fair is terrible. <laughs> what, what would you, that's just okay. not no, no, a good no, 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 name. No. Ian, you have until the end of us discussing this article to come up with a better name. Okay, you are on the clock. Yeah, I mean, I understand why, you know, that Essenspiel, Gen Con, UKG, in their traditional ways have been disrupted this year, obviously. And, you know, Asthma Day and Cold Spring Games have not been able to, to reach the audiences they might otherwise reach. Fine. But them deciding to go, do you know what? Just because we're doing it slightly differently, I'm off to form my own convention with Blackjack and booked video Family calls. show. <laughs> I, uh, excuse me. <laughs> I was I was fully prepared, and I I did. If you if you listen to the recording again, I did not go anywhere near that. I decided not to. Uh, but yeah, you you know you book to the Asthma Day showroom, then you can meet you know the sales team. You can see what they've got coming up. I mean, it sounds like this is very much aimed at sort of influencers and salespeople and that kind of thing. I think it's more you know distribution companies and yeah. But I mean, like some sometimes like sort of press get into those as well. But yeah, it's very much aimed at the stuff we're selling kind of people rather than like come and play games with us. It is very much just showing off their stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I'm a little concerned about the sort of striation of conventions like this, like more stuff seems bad at this time when the conventions that are about and well-established are just trying to hold steady and do something that means they exist still. And for Asmund Day to take this moment to split off from that seems like bad timing to me. I mean, it, it's one of the things I've been yeah. thinking about in the upcoming Virtual Games Expo, which I'm hoping to attend on the Saturday. That's in about a week's time or so from this day, day of recording. Is that it's going to be even harder for certainly smaller companies to stand out because everything's basically online. Mm-hmm. 
and it's hard enough for those small yeah. companies to stand out at least they're sort of all together in one place at something like uk games expo and you can sort of see where they are but when you're talking about trying to get eyes on you virtually that's that's always hard and i think this year is just making it much harder so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens why not just call it the asthma day trade fair use multiple words instead of where one word might suffice sorry it's okay ian. to use more words there are less words were like chosen asthma fair is bad ian i've heard what you've said there your name choice is awful you're out fine you can cover the next article then you talk to the you talk to the folks at home about how what he's dropped acd now in 2018 a dispute began between wizards of the coast makers of the pokemon trading card game Dungeons and Dragons, and Magic the Gathering, and ACD Distribution, a United States distributor of games and gaming paraphernalia. Now, Wizards of the Coast informed ACD by telephone it would not renew its three-year distribution agreement that was due to expire at the end of that year. Now, on the August 7th of 2018, ACD sued Wizards under the Wisconsin Fair Dealership Law. ACD is based in Wisconsin. They alleged that the Wizards had breached the common law duty of good faith and fair dealing. Now, that's about as much as I'm going to go into. We're not going to bore you with the toing and froing and a lot of legalese here. But suffice to say that a judgment was reached on the 3rd of August of this year, which freed Wizards of the Coast to sever its relationship with the distributor. Wizards of the Coast was a major part of the ACD catalogue, with Bob Mayer Jr., the ACD CEO, I hope that makes sense, I didn't just say ACDC a couple of times, saying during his affidavit that if ACD loses its Wizards distributorship, ACD must consider whether it can remain a going concern, jeopardizing its entire business and the jobs of 90 employees. In July, ACD picked up distribution rights for Asmodee USA lines and has also been building its wholesale toy business in recent years. Now, despite that, the volumes of uh, stock that, of Wizards of the Coast the company were selling must be a huge part of their game plan. And especially now, these seem like bad times for the distributor. So so what you're saying, Jamie, is they're going to struggle to be back in black? Oh. Shut it down. Shut it <laughs> Ian, down. You're out. <laughs> yeah. I think we can stop the podcast forever now. That's the best pun ever. Ian, you've done some yep. pretty terrible puns <laughs> recently, and despite the fact that we've not heard anything from people online and listeners and stuff, I'm still going to be regulating this. Reminder that you can rate us on iTunes and you can thumb us <laughs> oh, down no. on iTunes and delete us from the internet. <laughs> Don't listen to Ian Chandler. Give us a, give us a five-star rating on iTunes for my fantastic puns. And talking about technology, you can now play more Starfinder RPG on Alexa. Back in episode 50, we mentioned that Amazon's Alexa, which is their smart speaker system, could now be used to play a solo Starfinder adventure, which is the sci-fi spin-off from the fancy Pathfinder RPG from Paizo Publishing. Paizo? Paizo? Paizo. Let's call the whole thing off. Paizo Publishing. The first uh, half of a new season has now been released. The co-production is between Paizo and Audible, starring Laura Bailey and Nathan Fillion. Laura Bailey is a well-loved voice actress who, amongst other roles, has voiced Jaina Proudmoor in World of Warcraft. Nathan Fillion, of course, was Captain Mal in Firefly and uh, also starred in The Excellent Castle, which Ian and I both love and is terrible trash, but we love it anyway. I'm surprised you didn't go with a more recent thing, like Laura Bailey being the voice artist of Abby in The Last of Us Part 2. 
She was indeed. Ooh, yeah, yeah she's, she's got a huge number of like gate computer game voice. Um, oh, yes. You, you'll definitely heard her voice in something if you play a decent amount of computer uh, games. She's Spider-Man for PS4. Stuff. She is Mary Jane. Yeah, she's, all sorts of things. I'd just like to state on the record, Castle is garbage, but very enjoyable <laughs> Yeah, garbage. it's Oh, yeah, it's terrible garbage, but I love it. So the cast of 13 spent about 125 hours recording 745 pages of material, and all you have to do is tell Alexa to play the Starfinder game. The pilot and the first episode are free, but after that it'll be £2 per episode or £10 for the lot. As I said at the start, the first three episodes are available now and the rest are dropping in October. So it's cool to see them work on this and develop it more. Hopefully we'll see a bit more of this and it'll help people get into RPGs a little bit more. It looks like it might be a bit thundery, guys. I think it might be time for a brainstorm. In a recent Twitter exchange over the upcoming Stonemire game Pendulum, a reviewer said they were working on a review when the owner of Stonemire Games, Jamie Stegmire, stepped in and said that he thought people would have liked to have seen the review before the pre-orders had gone live, which they had just a couple of days beforehand. This kicked off a lot of debate and consternation across the reviewing sphere as to the relationship between reviewers and publishers. Some saw the intervention as Jamie pressuring the reviewer, Others thought the reviewer had an obligation to make things on time. And as reviewers ourselves, we wanted to take a look at the situation, how we see our relationship with publishers, and how we approach those relationships and manage them. So effectively, we get sent games from time, we get contacted by companies from time to time, and they offer us games. Some of those we turn down for either it's not the sort of thing we review it would take a long time to review especially things like party games that kind of thing it takes it would take a while for us to get to them and a lot of the time we're just waiting we're just relying on people reaching out to us sometimes we approach people at conventions we talk to them and and see if we can get copies that way we don't go around asking for a lot of stuff because i don't personally like doing that and I'm, i'm the main reviewer but when people do send us stuff we like to try and get stuff reviewed within a reasonable length of time there's no never really any pressure put on us from companies when we get kickstarter preview copies i feel an obligation to get that done in time because i've basically said i would and to produce something for the time the kickstarter comes around now we always produce honest reviews the people that contact us know that and we have something on our site that basically says what our deal is with regards to reviews produce honest reviews if your rules are mucked up and we have to get in contact with you that'll put delays on things etc etc ian you were saying there's a thing when pressure starts to come into it that actually starts to become a legal thing is that right absolutely if you produce a review that has editorial content um or editorial control sorry is the specific term by someone else specifically the publisher in this case then it's no longer a view, it is an advert. Yeah, and, and that includes, like, by a particular time. Yeah, if the publisher says to you, this must be published by a certain date or on a specific date, then the UK Advertising Standards Agency can look at that and say, you know what, this is specific enough control that this amounts to an advert. Okay. Um, it, it very much is contextual. So it might be that if you say... If you have a mutual agreement where you say, hey, if you give me this game and I'll review it, I'll do it by this certain date. But it might not. It might just be that um, they view a publisher. It's it's extremely contextual, but it does mean that they, they can potentially view this term or this force of pressure 
as editorial control. Yeah. Which, mm. yeah, I think I think that's the crux of the matter. Is basically the publisher has a certain amount of control. As long as they don't exert this in certain ways, then that's fine. Yeah. But if they are pressuring reviewers, then that is a form of control which completely negates the honest, unbiased review. Yeah. Now, I've been contacted recently by a couple of the people we get games from. I got a big pile of games from um, Greater Land Games just before lockdown and Coiled Spring Games as well. And obviously I haven't been able to get through a lot of those. And I was a little bit disorganized in the early pe- to, uh, in the early lockdown because my work was exceptionally busy and didn't get in touch with them saying like here's here's the situation they've they've all been very nice about it but yeah publishers do check in now and again with me as to status of reviews and that kind of thing i never feel any pressure from them and they're not like oh my god you must produce this review now and all, all the stuff i've got at the moment is basically published games they're all they're all out so it's just getting around to getting the review out there's no sort of there's no sort of timeline or anything like that with the Kickstarter previews, I feel a pressure on myself to do that. If I've taken something on and someone's got a review, a, a Kickstarter like two months down the line, then I feel I feel a pressure myself to get that review done and generally get it done in time. I don't think I've ever had anyone say you must do it by a certain date or anything like that. don't think that's ever been the case. Not that I can recall anyway. I, th- I think the situation is different in the States as well because we have... The Advertising Standards Authority here, it's quite different in the States. Yeah, the the UK has very up-to-date guidelines that specifically deal with not only like online promise of reviews, but also in an arena where reviews and even sponsored posts are completely in line with regular content. So it's not even that they've applied newspaper standards to this kind of stuff. They've actually looked at Instagram and said, Okay, your average Instagram post, which maybe has an advert in it, maybe has someone paid to be doing this, is completely indistinguishable from a post just by a normal person. Yeah, yeah, and there's been some new rules recently about that. Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm massively in favour of the UK body. It, it's also incredibly clear as well. It's basically, if someone has control over it, it's an advert. If someone's paid you to do it, but they have no control, then it's a sponsored post. Yeah. And all you have to do is say, look, this is an advert, or look, this is a sponsored post. And that's all you have to do? Yeah. It's simple, it's straightforward, and it works. I'm massively in favour of the UK standards. Yeah, what do you think, Jamie? I said to you both before the before we started recording this that I, I'm not sure what to think about this. On the one hand, I'm very kind of... I'm not happy with the pressuring the reviewer that you know you suggested that jamie may have done on the other hand you know there there i'm of opinion that maybe an argument can be made for the reviewer having an obligation to make things on time but maybe that's something that needs to be put across when a review copy for example is sent out i'm afraid i'm afraid i'm not going to offer any deep or you know ponderous thoughts because it's something that I'm interested in, but I don't have nearly enough information, and I'm, you know, I'm fully aware of my my ignorance on this. But after hearing, you know, the description of, you know, the way the Advertising Standards Authority is here in, in Britain, 
it might be that it's simply you know it's communication issues because we do it one way another country does it another way i'm i'm on i'm of the opinion like if i was to be asked blindly with no you know no foreknowledge of it going you know what if publishers choose to send reviewers games that's great they don't have an obligation to send reviewers games but it also depends on the reviewer because if the reviewer has a particular reputation or following there there's going to be a certain expectation but if they do want a review on time i think that should be stipulated before the copy is sent out maybe with a by the way if we send you this you know could you have this out by this time but again that's that's me shooting off the top of my head yeah i think that that would be control like ian says and it's it's quite an interesting topic this we're going to talk a little bit longer about it now and um, but we actually kind of want to do a special on this and maybe we're going to see about getting someone on who can actually talk to the legalities of the advertising standards authority and maybe something in the states as well because it's quite an interesting topic it comes up quite frequently this kind of thing comes around about sort of paid content and reviews and previews and what's an advert and what's opinion and, and and that kind of thing and it comes around quite often and it, i think it is worth talking about because for ourselves i'm always very i'm i'm because I'm, I'm the main reviewer of the site i I think about this kind of thing a lot and when we started doing amazon affiliate links towards the end of last year i thought long and hard about doing that and how to do it so we tell people at the top of each post if there's anything in that post that's an Amazon affiliate link, we make sure each Amazon affiliate link is marked with a particular code after it. So you don't have to click on it if you don't want to. And we're still doing out honest reviews of games, but just if you want to buy those games, even if we don't like them, but you think it might be for you, you can still buy that game. A good review should do that either way, really. You can you can make up your own mind on that. But I think it's very, I think it's very important to say at the top of, at the top of pieces, where you get games from. So whether I bought it with my own money or we got given it or, yeah, dis- whatever. Dis- disclosure is disclosure. Yeah, good. I mean it's very very simple disclosure. Nothing yeah. complicated. Just we got sent this game by this publisher for an honest review, or I bought this game with my own money, or whatever. I mean, most most of my, if I ever actually get round to doing reviews, most of mine is yeah, I bought this with my own money. Yeah, but but that tells Absolutely. someone yeah. something about the review as well, doesn't I'm it? Desperate. It says, <laughs> well, it says, it says yeah. I, I, I thought this game would be for me, Yeah. so I put pay my own money for it, and then that colours the review. Of course it does. No, that's fair. That's Whereas fair. if a game is given to you by a, by yeah. a publisher for just your review, that's that's a different relationship again, and, and it colours the review differently as well. Oh, fair, fair. And I think it's important that your readers know that, because it allows them to build trust between them and you yeah this disclosure and relationships are absolutely the crux of the issue for me because you've got i think it's you've got very separate social contracts and actual literal money contracts that are happening in that you don't want to piss off someone you like who happens to be a friend but at the same time you're also a yeah a business person doing a review of their product. Those are two entirely separate relationships, but have such intertwined issues sometimes. 
I think it's an issue of the board game community being so small, so intertwined, and so many reviewers and publishers also doing intricate content where people do previews, reviews, they release games themselves, and then they review other yeah. people's games. Yeah, it gets very confused. And it's like one of the things I've decided to do recently is to not do game design stuff as much as I used to because there's only so much time I've got for a star. And it also clarifies things <laughs> up yeah. as, to, as to what I am and what I do. Isaac Childress, the designer of Gloomhaven, specifically stopped his site being a review site anymore when he started moving into Gloomhaven because he was like, he just said, there's far too big a conflict yeah. of interest here. Um, so it's much simpler if he just makes Gloomhaven and sells Gloomhaven than if he also... Yeah, because if he was making thing. Gloomhaven and then also dissing every single other dungeon game that came out, that's gonna that's gonna exactly. look it's really a massive bad. conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's sensible. Like I said earlier, we will come back to this topic. I think we will. We are sort of pla- in the early stages of planning a special about this because and um, Ian's looking at maybe writing an article on how the advertising standards authority here works and sort of ethical considerations for reviewers in the UK at least. I, yeah, we'd really like to talk about this more. We're probably going to do a special on it, and we'd like we'd like to hear your thoughts on it. So, what what do you think about the relationship between reviewers and publishers how much should be declared is it okay for publishers to put pressure on reviewers is it okay for timelines in the case of um the pendulum reviews that we were, we've been talking about we, i would like to make it clear that there was an embargo on those reviews but it was like you, you can publish after a date not you must publish before a date which is a slightly different situation again but also one worth talking about but at, at, at reviews embargoes reviews embargoes are f- I don't want to say fairly common, but they're more commonplace now, especially in like the the video game industry. Yeah, they're very common in computer games. That is definitely a thing, and they're they're co- they're common in videos. They're, co- they're common in films as well. I, I very much of you uh, agree with review embargoes, not only just as a a leveling thing across the industry where smaller publishers get to publish at the same time as bigger ones, but at the same time people get to consider their views without having to rush it out as soon as they physically yeah. can. I think embargoes are... are yeah, that's a good point, actually. It means frank. that like you're not waiting sort of worldwide to get your copy and then get it to the table and get it played enough that you understand it enough to review it and you're trying to rush that content out so to be the first. There's a sort of a, a date you can work towards. That, that's actually a fair point. And that's probably a whole other brainstorm all in itself. We'll, we'll be coming back to this, no doubt, because <laughs> it does come up now and again. Um, yeah, let us know what you think, folks, because we're really interested to hear a wide variety of opinions here as well. Before we get to our outro, we'd like to do a couple of little shout-outs. First of all, you may have seen it on our site, and we talked about this a couple of casts ago, but we are now affiliated with Metallic Dice Games. If you need heavy metal dice that you can throw at your players because they're being extremely annoying, then you should check out Metallic Dice Games. Uh, I took some across to our meetup at the Lucky Spire Games Cafe recently, so the Ian and Jamie could lay hands on with Ooh, them. Oh, they, 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 nice. they were weighty. They are very weighty. Yeah. They're so heavy. <laughs> if, if, so you, heavy. if you need to weigh down a man in some water, you can give him some of these dice. Uh, I'm when ex- we say heavy metal dice, we don't mean <laughs> heavy metal dice. Yeah, they're not to be played with more pork. But they might be, I don't know. 
there might be some appropriate ones. They do, uh, Metallic Dice Games do all sorts of different cool dice and accessories. You can check out their site. And if you use code Roll with Brains, that's all capital letters, all one word. R-O-L-L-W-I-T-H-B-R-A-I-N-S. Roll with Brains. You'll get 10% off and we will get a cut, which will come to us and that will help support the show. There's loads of other ways to support us as well. If you go to the website and go to the support us page, there's things like bulb links from my own uh, from my own bulb account, gusto references that you can get, and also you can give us one of PayPal payments, or you can join our Patreon, like the excellent Sean Newman has recently. Sean is joining us as an executive producer. Thank you very much, Sean, for your patronage. Sean is part of the Gamealot team who make and review games. You can check out their site, gamealot.fun/en. Uh, we'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes, of course. So, so go and check their games out. They make and review games. And Sean is part of the team there. Thank you very much for joining us. And he is joining our executive producers, the Lucky Sparrow Gaming Cafe. They'll have to fight each other in some kind of arena for control of the cast. No, no, no. I'll be fine. It was, we'll split it down the, split it down the middle. That'll be very good. Th- I don't think we should split you down the middle, Jamie. I I'm mean, not splitting me down the middle. It's going it's... to get messy. Yeah, don't don't worry. Split RPG uh, corner down the middle. Let's 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 deal let's deal with the splitting. It's no longer a corner. A little bit later. Indeed. So yeah, do check out Lucky Sparrow Gaming Cafe if you're uh, in Glasgow. They are back open. We were there recently, and you'll be hearing an idle thoughts from us about the games we played there whilst we were there very soon. So let's get out of here, gents. There's something. There's something I've got to talk about first. Now, we have been under lockdown for a wee while, and there's been certain notable individuals that have, have risen to the mark, have risen to the challenge uh, over this time. One of them has been Captain Sir Tom Moore. Now, he raised £32.79 million for the NHS, if you recall, by walking laps of his garden this year. He was knighted by the Queen, he was given fly-pasts by the RAF, um, and now Warlord Games has paid tribute to him in their own way and his service as part of the Royal Army Corps in World War II in Sumatra, India and the Burma Campaign by creating uh, a metal miniature in his likeness. This is the NHS tribute figure, which uh, resembles Sir Tom in his World War II uniform. It retails at £5 and is made to order. Now, the Warlord Games website says... You may be wondering why this model is named NHS Tribute Figure. We've reached out to the Sir Tom Moore Foundation in the hope of making this his model and have hope that we may yet be able to present him with painted examples. But Sir Tom has been understandably busy lately, meeting the Queen no less. Nevertheless, we wanted to begin raising funds for NHS charities in his honour, so have opted to make this available now. All profits for sales of this item will go directly to NHS charities. I think this is a very nice gesture for the gaming community doing its 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 own tribute to I've got to say a pretty great man. Absolutely. And one more thing before we go, last cast we mentioned the upcoming online RPG convention Albacon and uh, it's been run by David Wright of Tabletop Scotland and we just wanted to make you aware that tickets for that convention are going to go on sale on the 21st of august so that's the end of the week this cast starts going out so do check that out uh, get your games in if you want to run something yourself and pick up some tickets for games you want to play ian take us home we hope you've had a lovely time tonight links for 
everything will be in the show notes. Your exits are on the left and right wings. Thank you very much for listening. If you've liked what you've listened to, then the best way to help us is not to rate us down on iTunes, but actually to rate us up on iTunes. Share the podcast and drop us review and ratings. Someone reviewed us recently. We very much appreciate thank that. You. Ooh, thank you very much, anonymous reviewer. Um, I hope Ian didn't pay you for the review, and I hope if he did, you were heavily compensated. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Giant Brain, Instagram Giant Brain UK, Facebook The Giant Brain, website GiantBrain.co.uk, and email us at GiantBrainUK at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Say goodbye, Ian. Goodbye, Ian. Say goodbye, Jamie. Goodbye, Ian. <laughs>